Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. All right, today we are covering February day 12, which is Acts 10, 11, and 12, and then the first half of Proverbs 11. Uh, five observations from our reading today for February day 12. Number one, Peter saw a vision helping him unite Jews and Gentiles in the church. Remember, in the book of Acts, it's this, it's this transitory nature of the early church. We're transitioning. Um, we're going from uh, Christ as Messiah has come. He has died. He has been raised to life. He has now ascended. That early church is being established. And so what you read in the book of Acts is very important as it helps us to, to bridge from uh, where they were to what Christ has now set up and, and as this early church is being established. And so uh, much of what we read in the book of Acts uh, is very descriptive, helping us to know uh, all that took place, including what we saw today uh, with Peter's vision. Second, Cornelius overreacted to meeting Peter and is reminded that no man is to be worshipped. That, that's what's taking place here in chapter 10, verse 26. Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And, and just a quick word about this. Our culture, uh, even in the Christian world, even in the church world, um, struggles so much with this um, idol of celebrity. And I think it's important that we remind ourselves that, yes, God has given the church godly men and godly women that serve as role models. Um, the Lord in His kindness has given very gifted teachers and preachers and writers, um, very gifted people who the Lord has used in His grace to do and accomplish great things. And, and, and we give honor to them. We give respect to them. For, for myself, there are so many um, believers who the Lord has used in my life that were instrumental. And, and I give the greatest respect and admiration uh, to them, and I hold it for them. Um, heroes of the faith who, through their bold teaching and faithful proclamation, have not only impacted the world, but, but even my own life, have impact, impacted my own soul. And, and I have so much gratitude for them. But let us remember that, as has been said, the, the best of men are men at best. Uh, we don't give men our worship. Uh, only the Lord is worthy of that. And so we want to take these brothers and sisters the Lord has given to the church that serve as heroes and role models for us, and, and we do want to emulate their example. We do want to honor them. We do want to show them respect and and be grateful for their ministry. Uh, but at the same time, we remind ourselves that, that we don't worship any man. We don't worship any uh, human person. We, we worship the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so as Peter says, I too am a man. And, and Peter's life was supposed to point away from himself to Jesus. Paul's life the same way. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so our lives should point away from us to Jesus. Um, 
I want all of us to, to live as faithful examples, faithful role models of what it means to know Christ. I hope that we live our lives in a way that, that people honor us and respect us and are grateful for us. However, um, someone's praise should never end with us. We're not the ones deserving of worship. Admiration, respect, appreciation, of course, but the worship only belongs to the Lord. Third, uh, the message Christians have is that Jesus is the only Savior and is the final judge. This is our message. Chapter 10, verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So Jesus is the Savior. He is the judge. It's interesting to me that, that many people um, are comfortable proclaiming Christ as Savior, but don't want to proclaim Christ as judge. It's interesting that even many of those outside the church will be okay with the message of Christ as Savior, but never the message of Christ as judge. Well, the same scripture that tells us Christ is Savior also tells us He is the judge. And that's the message we proclaim. The good news, Christ is a Savior. For all who believe in Him and all who call upon His name, He is a Savior. The bad news, for all who reject Him as Savior, they will meet Him as judge. And so we proclaim both sides of that. We want to be faithful as we proclaim the gospel. If our gospel preaching is all bad news, then we withhold the glory of salvation. If our gospel preaching is all good news, then there's no understanding of why someone needs a Savior. So we want to proclaim the true gospel. We're sinners deserving of judgment. Judgment awaits us, but God in mercy put forth His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as a propitiation, a payment for our sin, that all who would call upon His name would be saved. So whether it's preaching a sermon, or whether it is writing a letter to a family member who needs to hear the gospel, or whether it is sharing the gospel with your next-door neighbor, be faithful, be honest, be clear, be bold, be gracious, be kind, but absolutely present the full gospel. Jesus Christ is the Savior for all who call on His name, and He is absolutely the judge of the living and the dead. And what He knows of us and what He says of us is the only verdict that matters for all eternity. Number four, it is in Antioch that people were first called Christians. It's just an interesting observation that the, the text gives us today that if you wonder why are we called Christians, why are we called um, little Christ, it's because that first happened in Antioch. Uh, by the way, that, that's not often associated with a term of endearment. Um, it it's actually was intended to be more of a, of, a, of a put down. And yet for us as true believers, nothing could be a greater joy than to bear his name. And then fifthly, Herod made James the first apostle that was martyred, but then the Lord struck him dead for not giving glory to God. Herod um, used his earthly power to have the first apostle martyred um, at his command, as he did that to James. And then 
Herod found out he is not sovereign over anything as an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give glory to God. What are our applications from today's reading? Five of them. Number one, we are to share the gospel with people everywhere we can. Uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 34 Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. Chapter 11, verse 12, The Spirit told me to go with Him, making no distinction. We're to share the gospel with people everywhere we can. This is a theme that keeps coming up, and I want to intentionally keep this in front of you as we read through the Bible together this year. Yes, we want to be students. Yes, we want to learn. Yes, we want to get our doctrine right. But as we do that, let's do that with the heart of an evangelist. Let's do that with a, a love for God, but that is manifested and demonstrated by a heart to share the gospel with people. Uh, it's possible uh, to love Bible study, theology, doctrine, and yet have no heart for evangelism. And we don't want to do that. That's not what the Bible calls us to do. So we labor to rightly divide the word of truth. We labor to cut it straight. But as we do that, let us also pray for hearts that are burdened for lost people. Pray for boldness to share the biblical gospel and to do that with people everywhere we can. Number two, all true salvation should lead us to glorify God alone. Chapter 11, verse 18. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. When someone is converted, the glory goes to God. When someone is saved, um, we don't want to react and respond the same way we would if that person told us they got straight A's on the report card. Someone says, hey, I got straight A's. Your grandson says, Grandma, I got straight A's. Our response is, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. You worked so hard. Look what you earned. Or somebody calls and says, hey, Mom, hey, Dad, I got a promotion at work. We say, congratulations, that's great. Look what you did. Look what you earned. When someone is converted... Our response is not, look what you earned, look what you did. Our only right response is, praise God. Praise God that He saved you. Praise God that He opened your eyes. Praise God that He took out the heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh. Our response to true salvation is, is a test of what we believe about salvation. Is this what man has accomplished or is this what God in grace has done? All true conversion should lead our first response to be, praise God for what He has done. Number three, the world's reaction and record towards Christians is not a trustworthy way to view someone's life. What the world says about somebody, what the world thinks about somebody, is not a trustworthy way to, to evaluate someone's life. And my, my mind here is, is drawn to chapter 12, verse 2, where it says that Herod had James, the brother of John, killed with a sword. The leaders of that day deemed James not worthy to live. And you could look at that and say, well, if, if the, the leaders, if the king says you're wrong, you're wrong. If the king says you're a blasphemer, you're a blasphemer. 
if, if the world looks at you and says um, that you're guilty, then you're guilty. Well, that, that's, a very, that's a very unfit way to evaluate the truth of someone's life. It's not what the world says about them. It's what God says about them. Uh, our accounts are not fully settled here on this earth. Eternity will take care of that. Number four, prayer is powerful. Just simply put, prayer is powerful. Now, here's what's interesting. All of us that are reading through the Bible would affirm that we believe that. We would say that we pray. We believe that we should pray. We probably would say we should pray more often than we do. And we would say that we believe prayer is powerful. But notice in the reading today, in chapter 12, verse 5, it says, Peter was kept in prison but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So James has been killed, Peter is in prison, and the church gathers to pray. That's good, that's fitting, that's right. They are praying. But in verse 12, after Peter's been released, it says, He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark. Many were gathered together and were praying. So they're praying the prayer continues. This is not just quick, flippant prayer. This is faithful, fervent prayer. And yet, when God answers their prayer, verse 15, they said to her, you're out of your mind. She said, Peter's here. He's been released. God has answered our prayer. And the people say, you're crazy. It, it, it's staggering how even those of us who do believe in prayer and are committed to prayer are sometimes shocked to see that God actually answers our prayer. And so I just want to remind you with this simple application that prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. So pray today fervently, expectantly. Pray today uh, believing that God moves and does great things through our prayers. And then fifthly, no scheme of men will stop the purposes of God. I just want to draw your attention to one thing as we wrap up our, our walk through these three chapters of Acts today. In chapter 12, verse 2, Herod has James killed with a sword. In chapter 12, verse 24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. My brothers and sisters, do not lose sight of this. Yes, people are killed. Yes, believers are imprisoned. And yet, the word of God increased and multiplied. No scheme of man is going to stop the purposes of God. That's why we pray, because we have a God who is victorious. That's why we sacrifice, why we give, why we serve, because we are investing in a kingdom work that will not be stopped. Can they put God's people to death? Yes. Can they put God's people in prison? Yes. Will God's word be stopped? Never. The word of God increased and multiplied. And then finally, a brief summary. Uh, our reading in Proverbs today is chapter 11, verses 1 to 15. I'd sum it up this way. Wise people listen to trustworthy people who speak words of wisdom. It mentions in our reading that we are to gather wise counselors around us. Wise people listen to other trustworthy people who speak words of wisdom. Uh, be blessed and encouraged today. Enjoy the reading, and let's do the work of an evangelist as we continue to study God's Word. Have a great day.